Now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and her friend Amanda. We pray that you are all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 679, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation, so text one of us for a free quote at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com. So as Vicki said, we have Amanda here with us. Amanda went on a trip um, to Disney recently. It was her son's first trip and they went over the Thanksgiving holiday. So they were there. Yeah, I know Vicki's getting excited. She's like, ah, Thanksgiving trips are fun. Um, they went and visited family on Thanksgiving day, but they were there the whole week before Thanksgiving and everything as well. So. Um, it was a really exciting trip, a busy time of year, but we are excited to hear a little bit about your trip, Amanda. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been to Disney in about 12 years, so it was definitely a big change for me because things have changed a lot over that time. I was a little nervous going into the week because I thought it was going to be a lot busier than I had anticipated, but really, um, and actually was a pretty great trip. There was only one day that was a little busier than my liking, but uh, overall it was a fantastic, a fantastic week. And I've already been looking at maybe going back next year. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So let me guess, was it Hollywood Studios that you felt? It was. So that Hollywood Studios was the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Um, we, got there for rope drop and went to rock and roller coaster first and to kind of backtrack a little bit by the time I got in at seven I was only able to book a lightning lane for star tours everything else was kind of already later in the afternoon so star tours ended up being what I booked with my lightning lane at 7 a.m. we rope dropped went to rock and roller coaster and it broke down while we were inside oh, so we no. ended up staying in there for an extra 30 minutes so by the time we got out it was already very busy at the tower of terror but ended up waiting about an hour by that time it was already ready for us to go to star tours now we did go ahead and opt to purchase um, the lightning lane for mickey's runaway railroad and for rise of resistance so we did already have those planned luckily went to star tours checked in and the only thing I could book after that was Toy Story Mania. Everything else was already booked up or it was like at eight o'clock at night and we knew we weren't gonna stay late that day. And so we went to Star Tours, went to uh, Minnie's Runaway Railway and did that, kind of did some other kind of walking around, but ultimately everything else was already so booked up, had 90 to 120 minute waits. Um, so after the rise of the resistance, we ended up just leaving early and heading out and going down to Disney Springs for the rest of the afternoon. So um, that was the only day that was rough as far as busyness. The other three days ended up being a lot easier. I was going to say, you did all four parks and you didn't feel like that at any of the other parks. And that was towards the tail end of your trip. Was that the last day of your trip? That was the next to last day. That was Tuesday. So, And then you had Animal Kingdom the next day? 
We did. And so we decided after that evening that we were not rope dropping anymore. Um, after <laughs> dropping three days in a row and being open to close the first two days, um, we decided we weren't doing that. So I woke up at seven. Um, I had already talked to Holden ahead of time about some of the rides and the Kilimanjaro safaris was what he was really interested in. So at seven o'clock, I went in and got a lightning lane for it at, I think like 11. And then I went ahead and purchased um, Expedition Everest and Flight of Passage. And since you can pick your times on those, I picked Everest at one o'clock and then Flights of Passage at like three or three or four o'clock. And so we ended up sleeping in and kind of walking in at about 9.30 maybe, 9.30, 10, I, I think about 9.30. Um, went and did, um, it was pretty much walk in for the um, It's Tough to Be a Bug show. Did that, kind of walked all the way back to Kilimanjaro Safari and we kind of just slowly made our trek around and made kind of a big circle. Um, we did go to Dinosaur because it had a, a later lightning lane already. So we just went ahead and waited in line. It took about an hour. And after a Kilimanjaro Safari, I was able to lightning lane um, the Navi River Cruise for about 30 minutes after um, our flight of passage lightning lane. So we were able to literally go from one to the other. And so it worked out really beautifully that last day sleeping in and just kind of positioning ourselves to make kind of a big circle so we weren't backtracking or anything. That's awesome. Magic Kingdom was our Sunday, so that was the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and Lightning Lane was amazing for that because we were able to, pretty much we rode every ride except for the carousel and Dumbo, and that's because we didn't want to. Holden wasn't having it, huh? <laughs> he just was like, ah, I'm fine with that. We already did the Aladdin. Uh, magic carpets and we did not do the country bear jamboree and that was really just because we forgot about it and we were, had already left that side of the park and didn't really want to go back to that side of the park but with the lightning lane we ended up just doing everything that we could through that as we went even just some of the rides that normally weren't that long of a line anyway we could lightning lane it really quickly and so seven dwarfs was the only thing that we waited for and that was partly we got there at rope drop but i didn't realize that they were hurting everyone to one side of the park and by the time we got herded to that side like there was 200 people there and i was like and they're all going for seven dwarfs there is a little walkway right before i think it's where merida is yes um, that goes behind the castle there wasn't a cast member there, there but there was a, a girl and her daughter were standing there. And when they roped drop the main area, they just dropped the rope themselves and went back behind the castle towards like Peter Pan and It's a Small World. So we kind of just looked at each other and we're like, well, we didn't touch the rope. So, <laughs> and so we ended up doing Peter Pan and It's a Small World right back to back. By 5.30, we're like, we don't really have much else to ride, so we're just going to stand in line and do the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and it took about 75 minutes, but I mean, the line moved nice. You weren't standing the whole time. I mean, it just slowly moved along. And it could have taken 75 minutes, even if you were rope dropping, if there was that many people there already. Right. So, You know, the only thing that um, I had kind of read some blogs ahead of time and, and had planned to rope drop Splash Mountain and Thunder Mountain Railroad, not realizing that you couldn't have access to that for rope drop. It wasn't an option. 
So that did kind of throw off our plans a little bit, but because Peter Pan and It's a Small World are right there, we did those. And by the time we got done with that, then the ropes were open and we were able to make it right back. And we did Thunder Mountain first. And then as we went to go to Splash Mountain, they had shut it down. So all of these people were coming out and my Brian had to go to the bathroom. So we just stood there while he went to the bathroom right there at Splash Mountain. And by the time he came back, they reopened it. And so all those people that had left were there. So we were able to kind of just walk right on there. Nice. And then pretty much went to Haunted Mansion over to um, Pirates. And then I had my lightning link pick that morning at 7 a.m. was for uh, the Jungle Cruise. And then, but I, because of the 120 minute rule, I was able to go ahead and book something else. And I forget what I booked later that day before I checked into Jungle Cruise. And, and at that point was able to start stacking. Um, and so I always had two lightning lanes available. And so I think because of that, literally, like I said, Dumbo, Carousel and Country Bear Jubilee were the only things that we missed. Wow. And I think you had talked to me about this a little bit, Stephanie, that Splash Mountain is not really a popular lightning lane purchase. And that at one point at two o'clock in the afternoon, the line was about, was saying about 80 to 90 minutes on the wait, but you could still purchase the lightning lane for like an hour later. So we ultimately decided just to purchase Space Mountain. And then all we had to do was write another ride or two, and then we could go right on. So it did not sell out at all and was able to be purchased within an hour. Whereas, you know, most of the other lightning lanes are gone after the first hour or two. But midday, it did get up to an 80-minute wait? It did, but you could still, like I said, and it was, I think, $7 a person to go ahead and just buy the lightning lane instantly. And like I said, we bought it at 2 o'clock for a 3 o'clock ride. And so you were still able to purchase it later. And at that point, Brian and I decided, okay, well, we're just going to go ahead and purchase those rides from now on. And we decided to kind of rearrange our budget for food um, to accommodate those so we could just purchase it. And that's ultimately what we did. Um, for the other days um, at Epcot, we purchased Frozen. I was able to get the virtual queue for Remy's, um, the Ratatouille Adventure ride. So we didn't have to purchase that one, but then went ahead and purchased the two for Hollywood Studios and the two for Animal Kingdom. So then did you think that the Genie Plus was worth it for you guys? It was definitely worth it for Magic Kingdom. There's no way we could have gotten through all of that stuff. Um, Epcot was not as helpful um, and that's partly just you know obviously there's not a lot of rides and my Epcot day it rained for about three hours and so they took away the test track lightning lane oh. and so I guess to try to make up for everyone that had gotten the lightning lane for it that couldn't use it that was disappointing I also did not realize that if you had used a lightning lane like and booked say for Soren that morning Later in the evening, Soren still had openings at eight. So I was like, oh, well, I'll try to lightning link Soren again. Right. So we read it and it wouldn't let you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that kind of stinks. So Magic Kingdom, definitely worth it. I don't know if it necessarily would have been worth it for the other parks, more so than just buying the actual lightning link for the, the two rides that are available. Right. But I mean, it was still helpful. I mean, as someone who always used to use the fast passes it, it's much nicer than before where you had to like literally run to that ride to try to get the fast pass that you wanted and then okay well let's go ride other rides you know i think if you can budget it ahead of time it's definitely not bad to have but magic kingdom was the the biggest i think impact as far as it really helped get the rides that we wanted to ride and so did you say how old your son was i'm sorry I, he's I, seven he's seven is he yeah. in second grade uh, first grade so he's the old one of his class. <laughs> uh, he'll drive first. Oh, 
Well, and he, um, and he's tall for his age. So that was another reason why we were kind of ready to go ahead and do that because he could ride all the rides and he rode all the rides. There were some rides he was a little nervous about um, and then other rides that he wasn't nervous about, but after we got off of it, he was like, I'm not doing that one again. <laughs> <laughs> what a, let me guess, Tower of Terror? Was he like Tower that Tower of Terror, he was not nervous about that one going in, but afterwards he was like, yeah, no, I'm not, never I'm again. again. <laughs> He was very teary-eyed that morning because he was scared about the rock and roller coaster um, because he was nervous about it going upside down. And I kind of told a little mom fib, and I was like, well, you didn't notice we went upside down at Space Mountain, so I don't know why you'd have a problem with that. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he wrote it, and he was like, oh, I loved it. But he was like, and my husband was like, you didn't scream at all the whole time. He was like, oh, I was screaming in my head. <laughs> and then the other one he did not like actually was Expedition Everest and it really had nothing to do with the back like going backwards it just it has the big drop and that's really kind of what freaked him out even though Splash Mountain ended up being one of his favorites and it had the big drop <laughs> so There's something but, about it yeah something about it but his after by the end of the trip we talked about what his favorite rides are and really Soren and Flights of Passage were his favorite rides and I'm like, well, they're very similar. So I, I was going to say. And Soren's always one of my favorites. And, and I absolutely love Flights of Passage as well. So. But had you ever, I thought Flight of Passage, that was the first time you had done it. It was. It was the first time I had done it. Um, and again, glad I bought the Lightning Lane. It was about 300 minutes wait yeah. through most of the day. Um, and we were in with some people that had been waiting the three hours, three and a half hours. And, and I don't, I loved it. And I don't know if I could handle waiting that long for a ride. It was definitely worth the money to pay ahead of time. Same with Rise of Resistance. It was always 300 minute wait pretty much from the get go. Um, and it was an amazing ride. I really loved it. But oh, that's amazing. It's like, you know, when you're, when you're talking about time versus money, your time is valuable. And those three hours that you're standing there, you could be doing so much more. So it really is worth it. Now I understand there was just three of us. So financially it wasn't that big of an impact. Whereas if I was five, six, seven of us, I understand that's a whole different ball game, but um, definitely worth budgeting for those rides. But for a three hour wait, you have to also think like you paid a lot of money to be at that park. Right. So, right. If you waste three full hours on one ride, that's also like a, oh, I don't, do you have the time to do that? Right. You said 300 minutes, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's what they were saying was 300. Like a lot of them were saying 300 minutes. Oh yeah. Not more than three hours. That's five hours. Yeah. So it was really worth it. And I didn't realize that buying the lightning lanes, you had a little bit more flexibility in picking your time. And that was really nice because we were able to kind of gauge like for the frozen ride, I knew we had um, reservations at Beer Garden at 5.30. So I booked the 4.50 or the, I think 4.50 or 505 because I knew we'd be able to go in, you know, get it done relatively well um, and then be able to pop right over. So that was really nice too, being able to kind of plan ahead of time. So we're not walking all over the parks. Did you feel like with the lightning lane, you were able to pretty much just walk on or was there still a bit of a wait with your lightning Most lanes? of them, uh, no, we were really still able to walk on. Just some of the ones like the Flights of Passage and Rise of Resistance where they have kind of this almost, like you don't even realize you're on the ride. You feel like you're still getting onto the ride, but it is part of the ride. Those are the only things that made it delay a little bit more, but mo most of the 
everything everything else we pretty much just walked on and we weren't really happy to wait that much so what dining reservation i know stephanie probably knows because she made the reservations for you yeah so we opted not to do as many dining reservations just because um you know we wanted to be able to to do as much in the park as we could and didn't want to commit several hours um so magic kingdom we did not do any dining reservations we just um really did table service and that was our downfall as we were at um we were at tomorrowland and decided oh well we're right here we'll just eat so we ate at the the lunching pad it was awful. We wish we would have like Aww. paid attention and walked like the 20 feet over to this other place. Where Cosmic they had rays. Yeah. Um, and we weren't, we just weren't thinking. We're like, oh, we're right here. They have hot dogs and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up not even eating dinner. We just snacked through dinner on the snacks that we had brought. So at Epcot, Epcot is kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, and so we opted for Beer Garden. Originally, we were gonna try to do the Space 220, um, and but we weren't able to get that reservation. And after thinking about it, I told Stephanie, don't even worry about trying for it. I'm actually really excited about going back to the Beer Garden. I loved it. My husband loves German food. And it's a really great restaurant for kids because they have live music. So you can be kind of loud and noisy and you don't have to sit still. Um, and it, you know, having a buffet style gives you a lot of options and Holden, it was his favorite. Um, he absolutely loved it because they have a special soda. I forget what they call it, but it's half Coke, half Fanta. And he got to have the special soda that's them and listening to the live music. And, um, and so that was really our, our favorite, um, at Epcot and he, he absolutely loved it. Um, Hollywood Studios, we did not, again, opt to, to do any um, dining reservations. And we ended up leaving early and going down to Disney Springs to the Ganachery because we had watched the show on Disney Plus. I think it's I think it's One Day in the Life where they talk to different people. And so we saw the episode about the head chocolatier at the Ganachery. So Holden was really excited about going there. So we went there and got the s'mores and got some chocolate and then just went back to the hotel. And I, and I think we ended up having dinner at Intermission's Food Court at our hotel that day. Um, Wednesday or Animal Kingdom, we left early and went to Beaches and Cream so we could have the kitchen sink. The most amazing tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwich though. I pulled and got it and I decided to get something else and I was regretting my decision because that tomato soup and grilled cheese was just amazing. And then of course the kitchen sink, Holden didn't know about it. I kind of kept it a secret and just told him that we were going to get the kitchen sink for dessert and he didn't really notice anyone else getting it. So he was like super surprised when it showed up and thought it was awesome. Um, and definitely could not hardly eat any of them. <laughs> but it was good for some pictures, right? <laughs> it was good for some pictures and good just to, to, to try it. And then we did leave and go down to our family for Thanksgiving. Originally, we had some dining reservations that day, but we canceled them. Friday, we did two, uh, two reservations. We had lunch at Chef Arts because Stephanie had recommended the fried chicken, which it was amazing. Um, the best fried chicken ever and really enjoyed our, our lunch there. We got, I think, the, the thigh-high appetizer, which was like these fried chicken thighs on um, a biscuit with like hot honey drizzled on Yum. it. And they were really mm. good. And then I got the fried catfish and Brian got the fried chicken so we could share both of them and they were both delicious. And then we did dinner at Raglan Road and it was really neat getting to see like the Irish dancers. Um, the food was really good, but we did, we did talk about it at the end. The amount of food we got was less than what we got at Chef Art, and it was more expensive. Now, granted, we did get alcoholic drinks that night, so that was part of it, but it was one of those, we did Raglan Road, 
probably would never eat there again. Chef Arts, we would definitely go back to for sure. I think with Raglan Road, you're paying for entertainment as well. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, did Holden like the, that's always one that people with kids, it's like, you know, if you're not gonna go to T-Rex, Raglan Road is one because it's the same kind of thing as the beer garden where there's entertainment and yeah. you don't have to be quiet. <laughs> Yeah, he liked he liked it, but we also were put, we were set way in the back, so we really didn't have a view of the dancers. I think it probably would have been better had we got to be closer, but we were kind of put way back in the corner of the restaurant where we really didn't have a great view. So we could listen to the music and kind of, you know, vaguely like look over people and see part of a dancer. That was that was kind of the downside. Whereas the beer garden, like all the seating, you have great views of of everything. I've had both, and I will tell you, for your ears' sake, you were glad you're in the little room. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're in that main room, it's almost overstimulation. Yeah. I remember how loud it was. I mean, mm -hmm. it's fun, but you leave there like you've been to a concert. Right, right. So I'm sorry you didn't get to see it, but I am glad that your ears were probably yeah. appreciating you when you left there. Yeah, as an audiologist, my ears are really important. So <laughs> This is true. I forgot you said that. So did you go to Gideon's? Did Stephanie tell you to go to Gideon's? She did. She did tell me and we did go and we got cookies and brought them back and like literally ate like chunks of them every day and we got quite a bit so they had I didn't realize that they do monthly specials so every month is different and for December or I guess even though we were technically there in November, they had the December cards. And so when you come up to check in after being off the virtual queue, they asked you if you were naughty or nice. And depending on what you said, gave you the card to correspond with that. So they had a naughty cookie and a nice cookie. Oh. And I guess and a, and a cake to go along with that. We And we didn't do any cakes. We just did cold brew coffees and um, the cookies. So for December, the nice cookie um, they called the Kris Kringle and it was like a white chocolate coffee bean cookie and it was amazing. So delicious. My absolute favorite. And then if you were naughty, you could get the Krampus cookie, which was a dark chocolate mint cookie. Yum. So we did not, we did not get the Krampus. We got the Kris Kringle and then we got a chocolate chip, a peanut butter crunch, pistachio toffee cookies and cream and another one that I'm totally blanking on so and then cold brew so it the was, peanut butter cold brew I got um the uh, pumpkin chai cold brew and then Brian just got the classic cold brew oh okay the pumpkin chai was good but it was really sweet and almost a little too pumpkin-y his classic cold brew was better I thought but I would definitely, I saw the peanut butter after the fact. I just, the pumpkin chai was like the first one on the menu. And I was like, ooh, yeah, I love chai, I love pumpkin. And I probably would have tried peanut butter cold brew had I seen it later. But I didn't read through the menu. I was just excited about that one. <laughs> I've been there like four times and I've still yet to get anything from Gideon. So oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to try this time. Well, we, we, I, we, I think got on the list shortly because we showed up right, I don't remember if we got it after our lunch reservation or before, and it was about a three hour wait on the virtual queue. And we were concerned that, because um, we got tickets to Cirque du Soleil, and so we had the show, and we were afraid it would overlap, but we ended up getting called actually a little bit earlier. So we were able to get it and actually go put it in the car before then. So, uh, but it was about a three hour 
wait. So then that brings us to Cirque du Soleil because that was something that had just opened like that week and you were the first week of seeing it. So how was it? Um, it was fantastic. So if you've never seen a Cirque du Soleil show, it's an amazing one. Um, it really kind of incorporates a lot of the Disney characters. The whole idea is that a girl is kind of going through and trying to, to become a better artist and she's kind of on this like mystical journey. If you've seen a Cirque du Soleil show, it probably has the least acrobatic stuff from compared to other shows. So Brian and I got married in Las Vegas, and so we've seen several Cirque du Soleil shows out there. And it didn't have a lot of tightrope walkers and those kind of things that had more gymnastics. So people tumbling, people jumping, you know, there's some with these big kind of circles that they kind of run in, but they just kind of run and jump. And so it doesn't have like the big wow, kind of circus type shows that a lot of people expect from Cirque du Soleil shows. It was definitely a more laid back version. Holden still loved it. I still loved it. Brian still loved it. It just, if it's so, if it, you've never seen one before, then I think you would absolutely love it. If you've seen one before, then I think you might be a little disappointed in the lack of, I guess, circus type stuff. You know, we're used to high, high rope walkers and, and those kind of things and it didn't have as much of that. Um, also being the first week, there were a couple oopses. So there was a juggler who missed a couple, you know, balls. Um, there's a group of unicyclers and they kind of had a crash. Um, oh. so there was still some of those things that kind of needed to be worked out a little bit. I think of just, you know, getting used to how the show goes. There's like the making of that. Did you watch that on the Disney plus before you guys left? I did. And I knew that they were, cause um, having been there before, I had seen the Cirque du Soleil show there previously, and I initially I didn't realize that it was gone. And it wasn't until we booked this trip and I started going that I'm like, oh, they've redone the show and it's not available yet. And at the time we booked our uh, our vacation, it still was open ended, and it wasn't until probably a month later that it was like, okay, November 18th is here. So so yeah, I had watched about a week before. You know, so Holden could also see it and see, hey, we're gonna go see this. This is, you know, what it's about. Um, so it's a, like I said, a really neat story. I really loved how it tied Disney in and, and the different Disney characters. And they have a scene with, you know, some dancers and they're kind of mimicking the kind of the prince and the princess from all the different shows um, and things like that. So like I said, it was a really amazing show. I loved it. It still had all, a lot of that Cirque du Soleil feel. Just didn't have as much acrobatic stuff that I'm used to seeing. Now, Amanda has a very special background <laughs> with Disney. You've heard her say, I've been to Disney before and I really love Disney. Um, that's because Amanda worked as a cast member at Epcot for a while. Um, so that was how long ago? So 17 years ago, um, I was a freshman in college at Truman. And my second semester, I didn't have any required courses for my major that would put me behind but I didn't quite have the money to study abroad. And so um, I saw a poster online for, or on campus for the college program for Walt Disney World. So I went and did their presentation and um, decided to do that. So my second semester freshman year of undergrad, I went to work at Disney as part of their college program. Um, I was in um, from January to May, which for Disney, you have the option of doing either January to May or January to August if you wanted to work through the summer. Um, but I knew I was having back surgery, so I only opted to do to May because I was going to be out for the summer and um, worked down there at Epcot. I was a part of Outdoor Foods, 
which typically is the carts um, where they sell the Mickey bar ice creams and things like that. But at that time, Outdoor Foods also was a part, um, had the refreshment port, which is a place next um, as you're going to Canada. Used to be sponsored by McDonald's. Um, and so when I was there, that's what they served was McDonald's nuggets, fries, and McFlurries. And so I worked there. And then I also worked at the African Outback at the time between China and Germany, right where the bridges where there's a little kind of African area and it used to sell beer and ice cream and Odwalla drinks and things like that. And so I worked at those two places for the semester. That is so fun. Did you, were you just totally floored with the amount of changes at Epcot? I was like, so going to the refreshment port, there's a huge Starbucks right next to there. And they like put this whole like elaborate bathroom area that was all new. Um, and then this huge Starbucks refreshment port. I actually went over there and got something to eat and was just wanting to talk to some of the cast members. And it's a part of festivals now and they have food that changes out all the time. So at that time they had poutine there and, and still did nuggets, but it wasn't like a McDonald's sponsored event anymore. Um, and their outfits had changed because before the refreshment port had the flag shirts with the white pants. And now they got these festival clothes and looking so much nicer. <laughs> so yeah, it was very, very different. And just, you know, seeing how obviously I know things have changed over 17 years, but it was just, it was very different to see like things that I thought would, wouldn't change. I wouldn't expect the refreshment port to change a lot. And it, it did. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to share? Any tips you want to give or your like biggest um, takeaway? Something either you do differently or not change at all? You know, my husband and I, we talked a lot about after the trip, I've always wanted to stay at some of the higher like deluxe resorts. But really, I mean, with the amount of time we spend in our room and when you factor in the cost of it, like you're really not in your room that much. And so staying at the All-Star uh, Music was really great. I mean, it was still a very nice facility. The food court was amazing. We ate breakfast there a couple times and I think ate dinner there once. And I don't know if this has always been the way, but that, you know, obviously it had been remodeled. And so a lot of the rooms, they've made that second bed into a Murphy bed. And I thought that was really fantastic because you can put the bed up and still have a little bit more area to sit and have a table to eat at, and then just bring the bed down when you're ready. And I thought, that was really um, nice because those rooms can be small sometimes. And when you have both beds there, there's really just not a place to eat. There's not really a place to sit. And so, you know, we've talked about maybe going back and staying somewhere else. But I really think when looking at um, Disney and talking about, you know, being in your budget, I those all-star resorts and the pop century. And I know a lot of people kind of look down on them because they're considered value resorts. But when you really think about the amount of time that you're spending in those rooms, they're really not that bad. I mean, they're they're really comfortable. The beds are nice, they're comfortable. They all have pools, they all have food courts. Um, and my aunt has kind of always kind of felt that way too. She's, they're big into Disney. They go, you know, at least twice a year, every year, have been for 20 plus years. You know, so one time they decided to splurge and go to the Grand Floridian and they were like, well, yeah, the hotel's nice, but like food court wise, it was horrible. Like there's not, there's not a lot of those kind of things that are really catered more towards families. So I think when trying to look at your budget, the rooms are probably the first thing I would go down on as far as that, just because there's still nice rooms and you're not really gonna be there that much. <laughs> yeah, I would, well, what I tend to suggest is either if you're there like seven days, take a couple days if you're gonna go to a nicer resort, or we've actually done just a resort and it's hard 
you don't go to the parks, but it is very cool to have that opportunity to enjoy the amenities. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the one thing, you know, we obviously, the all-star music had a lot of um, activities that we just really didn't partake in because we were so busy going to the parks, but, you know, they do movie nights by the pool and there were crafts every night and, and different things. And I think originally we, you know, before we decided to go visit family for Thanksgiving, that was kind of our plan was Thanksgiving was going to be our, our hangout at the, the hotel day, swim at the pool, do some of those activities. Um, maybe go do miniature golf. I think that was really the only thing that we didn't do that we had kind of wanted to do was doing the miniature golf. Um, but it really, you know, if you're going to spend a, a large amount of time there, you know, definitely. But if you're going for a much shorter trip and you're trying to hit the parks as much as possible, definitely, you know, the value resorts are still still just as amazing. I didn't feel any less Disney being at the all-star music than I did when I've stayed at Caribbean or Coronado or um, Port Orleans Riverside because I've stayed you know I've stayed there before and I think it was great the Skyliners were the one thing I had no clue about um, until we roll up to Hollywood Studios and all of a sudden these sky buckets are coming and I'm like what the heck is that that <laughs> thing that was really new um, and so we talked about you know if we go back it would be kind of nice to stay at a resort that had one of those just because yeah that was I had no clue that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes pop and like art of animation, even though they're still considered value resorts, like it makes them so appealing because they do have access to the Skyliner. Yeah, and I, yeah, I didn't know the Skyliner was a thing. Um, that was probably one thing. And I, I felt like I researched a lot. I know that kind of surprises me because you were like videos every day. <laughs> <laughs> and reading, you know, reading the Disney blogs, there's, you know, a husband and wife that do a Disney blog that always update it. And so I had read a lot of that stuff. And, but yeah, somehow the Skyliners just missed all of my, uh, all of my research. So I was very shocked to see those. <laughs> well, if you um, go and stay at one of those resorts, make sure stuff gives you some tips because there are some good and bad times for using them. And we want to make sure that you get to maximize them. Oh yeah. Properly. Although we use them just as a ride. Yeah. Well, and that's what we ended up doing the day that we left Hollywood Studios. We ended up um, leaving and riding those over to a resort and then catching um, the bus to Disney Springs from that resort so we could go over so we could got a chance to ride them. So that was that was kind of neat um, and unexpected. Well, it sounds like you guys had an amazing trip. We did, and my husband said we can go back, so that's really exciting. Um, hey, I, I, I was afraid he was going to be like, and we're good. Um, but we were kind of talking about maybe trying to do an adult trip. It's a ways away, but in a few years, when I turned 40, I had talked about maybe we could do an adult trip and we could stay at the Wilderness Lodge, because that is one place I've always wanted to stay. <laughs> it is pretty cool. It's beautiful. We can definitely do things a little differently as adults than we do um, but yes, I definitely, Holden's ready to go back. It was, you know, trying to go back and forth about should we do this, should we not do this, should we wait a few more years? And I was really glad we bit the bullet. You know, we came into Magic Kingdom the first day and you turn that corner and you see the castle and Holden just let out this scream, like this like pure joy, excitement scream out of nowhere. And that just like almost brought tears to my eyes. And I was like, okay, I'm glad we, we bit the bullet and did this because um, he's never going to forget this. Were you recording it? I should have been, but I, I just, it was so unexpected. I did not expect him to do that. And, um, so yeah, no, but it was one of those moments definitely missed, but it was, it was definitely worth it. And he, every day he was like, 
you know, on a scale of one to 10, how was today? It was a 20, it was 2 million, it was infinity. Like every day it was just better and better. And um, it was, yeah, really fantastic. And I'm, I'm ready to go back. I always joke if they were hiring audiologists at Disney World, I would definitely apply. <laughs> <laughs> you never know that may happen. Well, you know, you would think with that many employees, and I'm sure there's a lot of OSHA regulations when it comes to fireworks and noise levels, like an audiologist would be a great um, resource. <laughs> we always say, if you're listening, Disney, yeah. if you're listening. listening um, an audiologist, I can run your, you know, your hearing protection program, do some hearing screenings. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you want to start your own elementary, Steph and I are ready to go. Yeah, yeah. sign us up. <laughs> Well, they used to actually in Florida have a high school program because when I worked down there for the college program, there were several high schoolers that worked there. And so they kind of had a high school program too. And they would have like teachers in the back doing like um, tutoring and stuff. They could probably offer their own daycare. Their own, I know. Their own healthcare program, own hospital. <laughs> so if you want to uh, change your status, Bob Chapik. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening? We're giving you little tips of things you could do to make it better for everybody. Yeah. Especially us in Missouri that want to be there all the time. Well, you know, and with Walt having, you know, being from Disney, I feel like a Disney park in Missouri, like, needs to happen. Um, we have a lot of wide open spaces here that you could definitely, and you have something in California, you have something in Florida, you kind of need something for the middle of the country. And um, I think Missouri... Missouri's ready. Totally ready. It would tie it would tie into Walt's history bringing a park here to Missouri. <laughs> so did have you ever been to Marceline? I have not, and that's something that's on the list because it's only an hour and a half away from right. here. Um and it's just one of those we want to go do it. We just never have settled down and like done it. But yes. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing your trip. You were very pleasant to talk to, and I feel like I know you a lot better. So um, I hope if you do go again, that you will come on here with Steph and I again, because we always love to hear it is, uh, we say this over and over, but it's the truth. It's like going on the trip for us. It's the next best thing because we feel like we were there with you and we're reliving the things in our minds about our trips. So I think that's awesome. That's why Vicki and I do this. Like we, <laughs> we're teachers, but we do this so we can get your stories and feel like we're at the parks again because we want to be at the parks all of the time. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So a few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text us at 636-395-0544 or you can email us at yourstorytravel.com. You can make a reservation for a $200 refundable deposit. So reach out to us today. You can check us out on our social media accounts. We've got yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, the Mousecapades podcast, or our TikTok account is Your Story Travel. And be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Have a magical day, my friends.